Next up on an all new Rick and Rick. Dollar Shave Club is celebrating dad bods this Father's Day. Purple. <laughs> Ikea is turning your living room into the set of your favorite TV show. How to become a bolder brand by embracing controversy instead of running from it. And enter the band cake list, targeting online haters who dissed IHOB. We don't know anyone like that. I don't know who would do that. <laughs> Ooh. And it all starts right here, right now. On the one show where everybody's name tag says Rick. And everybody rules the world. Welcome to Rick and Rick Rule the World, everybody. I'm Rick Matheson, and I am joined, as always, by mi amigo Rick Wooten. It's a little Spanish for you, Rick. I think it either means my friend or the eagle squawks twice on Tuesdays. I'm not completely sure. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. How you doing? Good. I feel like we got an awesome show today. Lots of cool topics to talk about. Like all of a sudden, they all just kind of cropped up here. One thing is iTunes, as we've known it, is going away. I'm not sure I was more surprised by that or the fact that it's 18 years old. Didn't feel like it was supposed to be an adult already. It seems like just yesterday. Now, they're splitting it into three apps, and it's interesting. One is going to be the music. One is going to be TV, which I I guess is really their streaming service and kind of the app, I guess you can run all your streaming subscriptions from and then podcasts. Yeah. Well, I, I think, I think, I think really it's kind of like the Pez dispenser. They knew that there was a need for a Rick and Rick podcast. And so they've created a separate app for us, just, just like for us. the Pez dispensers are going to create one just for us. It's all falling into place now. I get it. You know, it, it is big news. I, I, I gotta be honest with you. I'm a little disappointed. I, I think that from a consumer standpoint, we want things to be simple. We want them to be integrated. We want an all-in-one. And so by going this direction, I feel like they're really kind of serving their own internal needs and maybe less the customer. And I could be wrong, but I don't want three apps. I want yeah. one app and I don't mind you know, three different functions within the app, but I don't want three apps. Yeah. What was your take? Similar. I mean, I have found myself forgetting where I'm supposed to get what already just between App Store and iTunes. I kind of sometimes forget that I can't go get the apps from uh, iTunes anymore. And I've noticed on the desktop, the interface is getting more and more convoluted. I mean, it is, you know, I've got to go find a pull down for if I'm talking about podcasts or whatever. But at the same time, I do like one interface to rule them all. I don't know. Now I got to have music. I got to have TV and I got to have podcasts. And that's kind of a bummer. Did you also see the news on, okay, first of all, they came out with a new uh, desktop computer. Did you see this? I haven't seen it yet, but I heard this and I heard that they've got like a $999 stand for the monitor yeah, or something. Like, so here's the thing. The computer itself is an absolute beast. You can spec this thing out. It, it's not, it's really actually not a in my opinion, the computer is a workstation and it is super powerful and it's probably worth every penny. Uh, the display as always is gorgeous. Um, you know, the, the color saturation, the bright, I mean, everything about it is just fantastic. Where they jumped the shark for me is that stand. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and, and the design, by the way, the design is going to be extremely controversial because sitting on a desktop, it looks like a cheese grater. It's got the, basically a bunch of holes on the front, like a cheese grater. I actually like it. I was I was talking with one of our listeners, Eric, and you know we were kind of bantering back and forth about this, and he made a really good point, which is all of the the really cool you know computers that Apple have built have been controversial. They they've had controversial designs, like like they they've done this over and over again, and honestly, I applaud them for it because I I love something that looks interesting. Now, where they jumped the shark for me is a thousand dollar stand. Yeah. It's just a piece of aluminum. It's not like it's got some incredible design. There's nothing intricate about it. It's just a chunk of aluminum 
and they're charging a grand for it. Yeah, what the hell? Disney versus Netflix. You know, th this is interesting. You and I have been talking about this for a bit, yeah. right? This is not new to us at all. You know, we've been projecting that more than likely people would jump ship from Netflix and switch over, particularly parents. Yep. And so this uh, this PC Magazine article kind of articulates that. I guess they did a survey, and they basically say one out of five parents may cancel their Netflix for Disney+, Plus, which makes sense. And so uh, the number was actually 21%. 21% of parents say, I might cancel cancel Netflix for Disney Plus. Doesn't surprise me. Non-parents were only 8%. So again, not really surprised there. We, yeah. we kind of predicted that. Netflix could be in trouble without Disney movies, uh, you know, in all the different uh, studios that Disney owns now, if they aren't getting them or enough of them. That's where I could see people start to jump ship. I don't know. I can completely see parents switching. And I think that over time, there will be a bigger gravitational pull just because original content, a library, and just the firepower in new stuff is is going to be pretty formidable. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. And, and my understanding is AT&T's kind of getting nervous, probably more than Netflix, just because they have a streaming service coming out and uh, it's got to compete with all of these. So, you know, you've got the Disney Plus, which is really going to be the family friendly one. And then for things like we projected this, so who yeah. knows if it's going to be true, okay. but for things like the Marvel shows, you'll end up with those being on Hulu, which Disney will now have full control over. Well, from a brand perspective, I prefer that. Those are logical distinctions, at least having Disney Plus be more of the family stuff and then something else, some other platform for at least the Marvels anyway. Man, that's gonna it's gonna be interesting. Quick shout out to DC Comics and the CW. I guess they partnered with the USO. They're doing this big year-long celebration for Batman's 80th birthday. And uh, they did it for some real life heroes, namely US troops stationed in Kuwait. And they brought some cast members from The Flash and Black Lightning. They brought Jim Lee and Tom King. Jim Lee's like the chief critic director for DC and Tom King is one of their big star writers. And they brought the Bat Tumbler from the uh, Dark Knight trilogy nice. that soldiers could get into. And this was nice. the nice, nicest part is I guess they got to watch an exclusive preview of the new TV show Pennyworth. It follows um, Alfred who was a British uh, SAS agent who eventually became Bruce Wayne's butler slash mentor slash friend slash father figure. So I think that actually could be a very interesting show. I think it's on epics or as a concept it seems like a neat idea. And it's just a really cool thing to do so so way to go dc all right well we are going to take a quick break when we come back we're talking about this dollar shave club celebrating dad bods uh, i feel personally attacked <laughs> we'll be right back hey rick and rick nation don't forget to check out our website at rickandrick.com it's double the rick in just one click at rickandrick.com and we are back welcome back to rick and rick rule the world and first up dollar shave club's Father's Day campaign for Magnifique, which puts dad bods on display. I am a little grossed out. <laughs> I, I could have got my whole life without seeing that, to be honest with you. But it is hilarious. <laughs> You know, I think it's fine. So uh, I I didn't realize this, but uh, the Dollar Shave Club is actually owned by the yes. the same organization that owns Dove. Yes. And you know, we've Unilever. we've seen a bunch of uh, really great advertisements for Dove that is pushing the idea of just be you, you know, enjoy your inner beauty, that sort of, sort of thing. So you know, this is a little bit tongue in cheek, but this is kind of the extension on the male side. And I actually thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah. 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 I. I I think uh, 
you know, I'm, I'm guilty. I've, I've got my own dad bod going right. on. But at least if we get this gift, we can get our pot bellies looking their best. I, I thought this was hilarious. <laughs> it shows a group of men, all types of sizes and shapes, but mostly the, what you'd expect of dad bods. They definitely got, you know, every walk of life. Some people are uh, more coordinated than others. And so the, the moves are pretty funny. But like I said, it's humorous. I like the message. You know, I, I, I think... Uh, I think some of it hits a little too close to home, though. Dollar Shave Club started on its own. It was a startup, and it did that uh, phenomenal viral video that really put it on the map. And then it was purchased by Unilever, which obviously is a global giant. And I hadn't thought about that, but that's a, a great thought, Rick, about how so many of the female products at Unilever have been about embracing yourself for who you are. And it is kind of funny to see it in the, the dad space. And that was the best laugh I had all day. So thank you for sending that over. And I was hesitant to even bring it on the show just because we talked about it so much last summer, but IHOP really wants its burgers to sell like, well, you know. <laughs> um, so last summer they did this stunt where they renamed themselves IHOB, which temporarily made it where they were referring to themselves as IHOB for International House of Burgers. And now they're back with a campaign. I think they're actually having some fun here. And it, it, this one struck home a little close to home as well. Marketing Dive, I think, was the article that I sent you. This campaign has a digital component that includes a pancake list for those who tweeted negative comments when IHOP temporarily went to IHOP. We don't know anyone like that personally, right? <laughs> Couldn't imagine. Well, are we going to show up in that list? I'm afraid to look. The consumers <laughs> can get their names taken off the list by tweeting something nice about the new pancakes and burgers. All right. We, we got to find out, though, if we're on the list. You know, we, yeah, we definitely do. Do we make the naughty or nice list? Right. There's a very good possibility that we're on that naughty list. It did crack me up. In that article I sent, the QSR brand made sure to mention that burger sales soared four times after the temporary name change last summer, and it resulted in 20,000 media stories, $36 billion in earned media impressions and social media mentions that the brand said reached to more than 4 billion consumers. I'm not sure how that worked out, but anyway, one thing is I haven't seen how many burgers were sold. <laughs> not that I'm a hater. Not that I'm a hater. I don't want to be on the bank. Ikea has this new thing where they're making your favorite TV shows feel right at home. Ikea UK is advertising furniture sets based on iconic TV shows. So now your own living room could look like Joyce Byers' living room from Stranger Things, complete with yeah. that Christmas tree decoder wall. It looked like the Simpsons cartoonish living room, or even this one cracked me up, Monica's apartment from Friends. Could That's it right. be any more like Monica's apartment? <laughs> My only question is, does it come with your own Jennifer Aniston? Just asking for a friend. <laughs> I thought this was really clever, because you know they probably already had all of this stuff already. So it wasn't totally. like they had to make any new furniture. If anything, maybe change the color or you know, whatever. But uh, I thought I thought this was incredibly clever. Yeah. And uh, you know, if it's got us talking about it, it's definitely a success. I don't know who's gonna uh, want that Simpsons living room, but the thing I was thinking about is like, didn't friends go off the air like forty years ago? <laughs> I wonder if they're going to do the living rooms from the Flintstones or Gilligan's Island. If there was a TV show, what would you pick? Because I think I'd want the Batcave. Oh, that's a good one. What would yeah. I pick? I don't know what I would pick. I mean, the Batcave. How do you beat the Batcave? So Ikea has it, everybody, at least in the UK, probably coming to a continent near you as well. So keep your eyes peeled. Now, you sent this thing over, and I want you to tell us about it. It looked like a blog from the agency Bonfire. They did a story about becoming a bolder brand, how to leverage contract controversy in marketing. Why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, so I thought this was a great article. Uh, kudos to them for putting it together. 
came out on the 30th of May. You know, the, the concept here, and we talk, you and I talk about this a lot on the show, you know, our, our muses tend to be like Burger King or IHOP or, you know, whatever, you know, different companies that choose these controversial points of view and then go do something with it. Um, and so, you know, the argument that they're making here is that for a lot of brands, this is actually a pretty good way to do it. You, you get, you know, a lot of the earned media from it. Uh, and at the same time, you, you make a different type of connection with the, uh, with the audience. And so they, they give it, you know, just a couple things to consider, you know, they say that you have to be something to someone, you know, you basically, you have to have something you stand for, you have to have something that you connect with them with, and you have to have a bigger picture, right? You can't, you can't be something super small. And the, the, the examples they used were, I don't know, I don't know if they were the best ones, because I, I would would go more with the ones you and I talk about yes. more often. Like Burger King did make this list as an example. Right. But, you know, they used a, a water beverage. There's a can of water. It actually looks like a beer uh, called Liquid Death uh, from Mountain Water. And uh, they are extremely controversial in the ad that they, they built for this. And it looks like something right out of South Park or something like super edgy cartoon where, you know, this this, uh, you know, quote unquote, death eater is walking around with a can of liquid death on his head. And, you know, anybody who drinks liquid death, he hacks off their arms or hacks off their it's legs. Like meningitis just, you know, in a cup or something. Exactly. And so, you know, it's it's uh, it's basically slapping traditional advertising in the face instead of saying, hey, this is going to make you feel good. This is going to make you feel refreshed. This is going to make you whatever. It goes totally the opposite way. Drink this, you die. <laughs> so anyways, they, they've taken a, a pretty, a pretty crazy uh, approach. Uh, and they, they, they generated 1.2 million views on Facebook. Uh, it, it, these are interesting ones, but like I said, you and I have seen a number that I think work really well. Yeah. You know, what, what would, what would be a good one to you? I would say, you know, poopery when it first came out, I think that yeah. that was, was controversial and kind of took people aback. You look at poopery, you look at working like the Whopper drive through in Saudi Arabia, where women are just now being allowed to drive and them offering free burgers to, you know, if they come to the drive through for the first time on their own driving themselves. I just thought it was a spectacular campaign that must have been tremendously eye-popping and daring to do. A great piece. Thank you for sending that over. We are going to have to take a break. When we come back, it is time for some loaded questions. Don't go anywhere. All right, we are back. We've got three loaded questions. Rick, you ready? I'm ready as I'll ever be. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> Question one. Which of the following is not one of 10 top on-page SEO factors that publishers should consider? A, keyword cannibalization. B, image optimization. C, EAT. That's E-A-T for engagement, authority, and trustworthiness. D, EAT, that's E-A-T, as in expertise, authoritativeness, and trustworthiness. Which of these is not one of 10 top on-page SEO factors that folks should keep in mind? I'm going to go for D. Oh, so close. No, the answer is C. According to social media today, EAT stands for expertise, authoritativeness, and trustworthiness. And it's, it's the framework that Google Raiders use to assess content creators, web pages, and websites as a whole. Question number two, which of these is not a TV show said to be currently in development? A, Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous, an animated show that follows six teens who, after the deadly events depicted in Jurassic World, are chosen to take part in a fun new kids adventure camp 
on Isla Nublar. B, Altered Carbon Resleeved, an animated series that explores new elements of a future world where consciousness is digitized and stored and where a prisoner returns to life in a new body and must solve a mind-bending murder to win his freedom. C, Star Trek Academy, an animated series that follows young Starfleet cadets James T. Kirk, Leonard Bones McCoy, Neota Uhura, and Spock of Vulcan as they navigate the pressures of school life, romantic rivalries, and deep space adventure in their quest to live up to the Academy's motto, Ex Astra Scientia, or From the Stars Knowledge, in the year 2161. Or lastly, D, The Last Kids on Earth, a new animated series that stars Bruce Campbell and Rosario Dawson and follows teenagers who live in a decked out treehouse playing video games, eating candy, and fighting zombies after civilization is slaughtered in a bloody monster apocalypse. Which of these is not a TV show that is currently said to be in development. I'm going to say it was A. A, Jurassic World, no. So the correct answer is the Star Trek Academy. I made that one up. Last question. Swedish beer brand Norlands Gould, and I'm sure I'm saying that wrong, is out with a new campaign that centers on a contract friends have to sign to not flake out when they agree to meet up for a beer. The penalty for breaking this contract is which of the following? A, a $50 fine, B, a $200 fine, C, the first round of beer next time, or D, public caning with a beer bottle. Which of these <laughs> is the penalty for breaking a commitment to meet up for beers in the new campaign from Swedish beer brand Norlands Gult? I'm going to guess having to buy the first round next time. That would be the nice thing to do, but no, the answer is A. According to Adage, the beer contract can be signed electronically using Sweden's electronic citizen identification solution, Mobile Bank ID. When friends agree to meet up for a drink, it holds you to a 500 Swedish kroner or US $50 fine if you fail to show up. But that doesn't mean that they've ruled out the public caning. <laughs> Hey everyone, we love your feedback, so uh, please look us up on Twitter and connect with us and, and let us know what you think. Uh, you can find me at, at Wooten, W-O-O-T-T-E-N. You can always find me at imatheson.com, and always, always, always you can reach us at rickandrick.com. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Come on back next week for the one show where everybody's name is Rick and everybody rules the world. Thanks everyone. Thanks everyone.